Welcome to a weekly podcast from Canon Church called Explore. Oh my gosh, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? It's been a minute. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks and I completely <laughs> forgot the intro. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> What I meant, okay, what she you. meant to say was, <laughs> "Welcome to what, what I, I meant, meant to say was a weekly podcast from Canon Church, where we explore, apply, and sometimes clarify the message from Sunday." Hey, we we skipped a beat, and so yeah, okay, we're back. It's a mostly weekly podcast. We're <laughs> we're back. We're back. Hey, I mean, at this point, it's it's almost a daily podcast. So what I meant to say is mostly a weekly podcast. But yes, we have our daily podcast readings from the Gospel of Matthew that are happening. Yes. Yes, right now. So anyway, maybe, maybe you're listening to those daily readings and you stumbled upon the What I Meant to Say podcast <laughs> now, which is awesome. Um, Tim was our preacher this last Sunday and our the second week in the season of Lent. And um, really, the 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 crux of the message that I heard was just about um, things that are foundational, things that are uh, to or to our faith and what it means to follow Jesus. I mean, I felt like that kind of resounded throughout your message. So, um, do you want to say a little bit about the series and a little well, bit about sure. where you went this week? Sure. So the series, uh, for those of you maybe who haven't had a chance to join us yet um, for any of it, um, is called Unexpected. Um, we're walking with Jesus through the Gospel of Matthew. Unexpected is the theme that ties everything together because Jesus fulfilled the promises of God in unexpected ways, and he calls us to follow his unexpected path. Um, this past Sunday was on the teaching of Jesus, and kind of most broadly about the Sermon on the Mount. More specifically, um, the sermon was called "A Beautiful" or "A Beautiful Tune Rarely Played," mm-hmm. and really kind of asked the question: um, Is the teaching of Jesus, however inspirational, however uh, well known and much loved and often quoted, is is this yeah. a way that we can live? Um, did he expect us to do what he said? Um, and and then kind of pushing a little deeper, do we even really want to live as <laughs> Jesus said? Do we want to do what he said? Um, and uh, uh, so that's in general, that kind of sets the, sets the table. Yeah. Um, I loved how you started. How you got everybody with your dun 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 right right with Beethoven's Fifth Symphony um, and uh, and that that actually that starting point came to me because um, Harvey Cox I believe from Harvard Divinity School wrote a book on Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount and he referred to it as Jesus Fifth Symphony mm. Um, mm. so uh, mm. I guess some people. I found out right before the service that not all people um, believe the fifth to be Beethoven's greatest work. So there's a parallel with the Sermon on the Mount being this, you know, influential, widely known body of of mm. Jesus teaching. It's not all that he taught, but it's a lot of the the best known, uh, most often quoted teachings. Um, and uh, yeah, so and then and then actually that was 
why I started there. But then as I got into that and learned a little bit more about the fifth, I realized, oh, there's some other uh, parallels and analogies for us to kind of work with. I came back to them at the end of the sermon, um, specifically that the the fifth has these sort of competing themes of hope and despair. Yes, yes, yes. And that hope wins in the end. But despair has been there all along. <laughs> it's yeah. this constant, those opening notes, da, 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 that's the fate theme, and it keeps coming back. So I yeah. think this is this, this is to me it's almost the the juxtaposition. You know, I we believe that God is telling the same story throughout the whole Old and New Testaments. Right. However, I I do feel that this this kind of um revealed a sort of juxtaposition between the Old and New Testaments that we can um experience or encounter um as followers of Jesus when we're studying scripture. And when when you were preaching yesterday, I kept thinking about um, I cannot remember who it was because I'm really good with that. Um, that compared what was said in the Old Testament to the New Testament in the sense that what is said again and again and again we read in the Old Testament if then, mm. mm-hmm. and in the New Testament it is because therefore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like if. You know, if if you are my people, then you will do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the New Testament is because right. I love you, because I sent Jesus, because the fulfillment has come in Christ. Right. right. Uh, therefore, here's your response. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> and I just I felt like that was that just was was really kind of rising to the surface for me yesterday as you were preaching. Well, it's interesting you should say that because one of the things I didn't get into because there wasn't really a good way to do it, is putting the Sermon on the Mount in the context of the biblical covenants, Mm -hmm. so that there are, uh, most biblical scholars, as I understand it, would basically describe, uh, believe that in the ancient world, there were two basic types of covenants. Covenants, first and foremost, were political arrangements uh, between overlords and subject peoples. Um, But the Bible um, reflects those political treaties and kind of imagines the relationship between God and Israel and God and his people um, using covenant forms that were familiar to people. So the two basic types of covenants are grant covenants, which are unconditional and conditional covenants. Mm -hmm. The conditional covenants say if, then. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you do this, then I will do that. Right, right. Well, and then the grant is just, I give you this land, I give you this title, like, you know, whatever. There is an expectation that a response will be forthcoming, but the response really is a response. And so that God's promises to Abraham are clearly, there's an Abrahamic covenant, it's a grant covenant. God simply Mm -hmm. says, I will make of you a great great nation, Mm -hmm. I'll give a land of their own Mm -hmm. to your children, and through them I will bless all the people. There's no there's no if you do the X, Y, and Z, it's just this is what I'm going to do. Now, Clearly, Abraham, it's appropriate for Abraham to respond in faith and obedience, but it's, you know, that's different than the Mosaic Covenant, which is, now there's still grace in both types of covenants. Grace comes first. Israel didn't deserve to become the people of God. They, you know, their obedience follows God's grace. Right. But it is clearly Mm -hmm. a conditional covenant. You Mm -hmm. need to do X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. and then I'll do. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Mm -hmm. Sermon on the Mount, Mm -hmm. right? It's the good news. The kingdom has come near. Yeah. Repent and believe, and then the the obedience follows, right? You know? Right, right. The the yeah, and yeah, obedience is part of it. But and I think that we can really get hung up in the the 
the works-based righteousness right. versus the response, right? right? To working out our salvation in fear and trembling, mm-hmm. you know, no, nobody really likes to say that, but... For it is God who is yeah. at work in you. <laughs> For it is God, right. yeah. Um, and, and, and that whole idea of response versus yeah. works. Right. Yeah. And I, Dallas, and again, I guess this could have been said yesterday, you know, the kind of famous line from Dallas Willard is, grace is opposed to earning, but not to effort. Mm. Um, hmm. And so we act in response to God's grace. Yeah. That acting has nothing to do with earning or deserving. Yeah. And yes, so um, in some sections of the Protestant church, we've been so terrified of works righteousness that we, yeah. we have acted as if the worst possible thing you could do is try to obey what mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> do what Jesus said, that any effort on our part to do what he said is tantamount to works righteousness and yes. it's a blasphemy in the eyes right, of God. Right, 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 right. And there's Jesus basically saying, hey, go tell everybody, you know, make disciples of everyone right. and teach them how to do and I did not Everything come to I abolish right, the but law to fulfill, and the which right. is this yeah. coming Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 I think you know we we the last series we were in we had the six chapters that were really kind of the, um, the the framework of the story that God is telling that you know that we are all a part of. And when I think about um, kind of what we're talking about, Old Testament, New Testament, and the law, the commandments, and then you know the the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. al- almost being seen as the mm-hmm. the the new, the new yeah, yeah, the new commandments, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's it's just really interesting the way all of these things are kind of um, held in tension with one mm-hmm. another and um, create a um, a fuller image of of who God is and who God's people are. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I mean, you told the story about. Um, my French is terrible. Le Chambon. So I like to pretend it's better than it is. <laughs> Le Chambon. Le Chambon. And that's not even the full name, but I can't say the second half of the name. I know. The Le V something. Vignon right. or something. But yes, I had heard the story before. Yeah. Um, Todd Bolsinger, Mr. That's Canoeing where I got the it. Mountains. Yes, Mr. Canoeing the Mountains um, yep. uh, actually told this story in regard to um, what he believes is a crisis of discipleship. Yeah. And and really that embodied like literally living like the Beatitudes people, right. <laughs> you know, li- literally yeah. living that out in um in in full color. And gosh, what a I, I, when I when you were telling that story again, um, I've heard it um referred to as a, a conspiracy of goodness, right? Yeah, or a supernatural goodwill of yeah. the people um yeah. that was was lived out here. But I, I, the thing that I thought of was, I think this is adjacent in a mm-hmm. sense, were the people at Mother Emanuel Church mm-hmm. after the shooting, um, d- you know, just the massacre yeah. of those people yeah. um, with a, a young man that was invited into their prayer service and yeah. sat with them and prayed with them. And they gracefully, hospitably welcomed him in, and then he killed, murdered a, m- a number of people. And their family members literally within mm-hmm. 24, 48 hours are telling him face to face that we forgive you. Yeah, It is like yeah, unimaginable to me to yeah. be, I mean, I, I hope I could get there, but 48 hours later? Yeah. Well, and, and, and similarly, that's a yeah. story I thought about telling yeah. and I've already told and a couple years ago, I think we talked about the 
Amish community where the oh yes the school girl the yeah school the whole girls, schoolhouse he's, yeah he's mm-hmm. he murdered it was mm-hmm. a mass shooting in an Amish school mm-hmm. and the Amish community turned out for his funeral <laughs> and embraced his mother and she actually became like a that led to a long term relationship between her and that community mm-hmm. and. And again, like the people of Le Chambon, that Amish community couldn't understand why everyone was so surprised. surprised. Right. Like, isn't this who we should be? This is. And, yeah. and I think part of what's so, and this is like Le Chambon, um, the, uh, what I've heard is the members of that Amish community, there was no like coordinated effort to do that. They just did it. They just did it. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that. Le Chambon, there was no like, there was not a lot of organization to that. And they, no one was required. So just to back up for a second, for yeah. the sake of anyone who wasn't yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. So Le Chambon yeah. is a community in the south of France, um, which helped uh, over 5,000 Jews escape from Nazi-occupied France, but also Jews from Germany, Germany. Yeah. who fled from Germany into France and then to the south. Because word had gotten out that there was this community, this village uh, in the south of France that would that would shelter you and house you and feed you and clothe you and help you get out of France and into Switzerland, and it really was extraordinary. And the and the pastors basically put a vision out there, but they didn't require anybody to help feed, help clothe, help shelter. They but they everybody did. Yeah. And it really is extraordinary. And I, what I did, one of the things I didn't mention yesterday, I thought about was the fact that it's a French Huguenot community, yeah. which is a, a kind of radical Reformation Protestant group, which was violently persecuted by the Catholic majority. Mm-hmm. So that's part of their history is they have taken the Sermon on the Mount very seriously for their the whole time they've been alive. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, that's just, it's incredibly moving. And then I had actually heard that story first time in seminary. A friend of mine had watched this documentary that was done in the 80s. Yeah. And I remember Steve telling me that all the people in this village, when they were asked, like, well, how, you know, why did you do this? They were just like, why well, why wouldn't, wouldn't we do yeah. this? Like, of course so we did this. Um, and I think to get back to the to the Old Testament, I didn't, this is one of the things I didn't say yesterday was, their hospitality and that kind of the story that I retold, which was when the first non-French Jew yeah. arrived, and that actually is a significant moment. Like yeah. Yeah. this is this is now a this is a a, a real a, outsider, this is a real outsider, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And it and I was reminded that in the very same chapter of Leviticus that we that God says love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. At the end of the chapter, He says love the alien as yourself. Yeah. Uh, so many current events are running through oh my, my head, and we we, yeah. we don't want to poke the bear too no. much, but, <laughs> but that's it's. There, but my goodness, you, know. you think of like Russians and Ukrainians, you right. think of Palestinians and Jews, you think of uh, you know it's just Palestinians and Israelites, right. um, Israelis. But I, yeah, it's like what I mean. If we want a, a modern day picture of what this would look like, just mm-hmm. go there for a yeah. minute. Go there for a minute because this is what we're talking about. Yeah. So, and I I do. Um, I thought about uh well let me just back up so the like the kind of main thing was that I think we're tempted to hear the sermon on the mount the teaching of Jesus in general the sermon on the mount in particular as an ideal way for an ideal world like it's nice wouldn't it be pretty if wouldn't it be nice if but yeah. we all live in the real world so right, this is right. an idea it's a utopian vision it's an ideal way for an ideal world or some have begun to say including preachers mm-hmm. This is a foolish way uh, in our real world. You can't, you, not only can't we live like this, but we don't want, want to live to. like this. And 
uh, and these, this is coming from people, and I quoted one, but it's multiple people now who are openly saying, we cannot, we don't want to, we're not going to live like this. We don't want to live like this. Now is not the time for this, as if Jesus was living in an <laughs> idyllic world without enemies, <laughs> where it was safe to, to follow him. Like it's. And the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. <laughs> right, he was a know? man of sorrows. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, um, but, you know, I did mention the civil rights movement. And Gandhi's yeah. movement in yeah. India because yeah. they faced violent resistance, but they did it in the way of Jesus and had a revolutionary impact. But, um, but it, so it so get back getting back to my my original train of thought, right? It's not an ideal way for an ideal world. It is not a foolish way in our real world. It's a kingdom way in a fallen world, mm-hmm. right? So we're driven by a vision of the world as it will be. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and, and, you know, even if you go to the, the foolishness, I mean, but scripture has a lot to say about right. foolishness and, and wisdom. I mean, mm-hmm. really, and, you know, it, gosh, there's so many things running through my head. I, it, oh my goodness. I, I, I remember you were talking about Sky Jathani and, um, mm-hmm. his whole series on the Sermon of the Mount. Ma- He's the got a whole book called, Was Jesus Serious? And then he's done more, like, Was Jesus yeah. Serious? Was, about was prayer? he the was one? He's- I, I think we talked about this weeks ago, but was he the one where, like, he literally read the Beatitudes and somebody in his church got up and walked out and said, I don't want to listen to this woke, woke stuff? <laughs> I can't remember. I know that— um, Like, it's from the Bible. Right, yeah. So I know that um, uh, Russell Moore, uh-huh. former Southern Baptist, because he got kicked out— um, uh, he has had multiple people, like pastors, tell him they've read the Beatitudes in their churches, and they've had church members ask them where they got that woke stuff. <laughs> and even Is when, Russell Moore it, Christianity Today, yeah, he's, yeah, okay. he's one of their editors. And even okay. when the pastors like pointed out, like yeah. I got it from it's Jesus, they the, were like, they, no, we don't want, no, that. we don't want it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're in a very strange, mm-hmm. super strange time where mm-hmm. Christians insist that they are standing up for Jesus even as they are saying to Jesus, you've said, right. we've heard you say, but we're telling you. Yes, right. We right. flipped the Sermon on the Mount on its head. That's one of the things I meant to say yesterday. I didn't we get flipped the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Instead of you've heard Instead it said, of, I tell I you. you. It's like, it's, yeah. we've heard you. <laughs> we're telling we've you. We've heard you say. You've, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a reality check. That's a tough pill to swallow. Right. Really? So were there, I mean, you told some great stories. I don't know if there was anything else that, you know, any other stories or any other places you could have led us yesterday, but. Well, I mean, there are other stories. I originally had thought about telling the story of Polycarp, which I have told. Oh gosh. Wow. Burned at the stake. But but right. But, (laughs) but, and that was just for starters. Yeah. <laughs> well, well he... I remember writing a paper on Polycarp right. in seminary. So the reason I thought about Polycarp is because his feast day in the Orthodox Church was on Friday. And so that was the anniversary of his martyrdom. And so I thought about telling his story. And there, there's a lot about his story that's fascinating. He was um, discipled by John. The Apostle John, he, the he was, John, he, the John, mm-hmm. learned you know learned the gospel. From I think John. when I did my study on John twenty one, there was actually some people that believe that Polycarp actually wrote John twenty one. Oh uh, really? Yeah. Oh okay. Well, so yeah, I've never I haven't heard that before. That's because it because it's a, you know it's oh, a yeah, sort it's of clearly, an addendum. It's an addendum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they refer to the just to mm-hmm. the one behind it. So yeah, or an there's, epilogue. There's yeah. clearly another voice. Um, so he, right. So he was an elderly bishop of Smyrna. 
Um, and uh, he he just walked with Jesus, and then there was a persecution, and he was brought before the proconsul and was told he had to recant, and he just refused. I have beasts, and he said, well, bring them. Yeah. <laughs> and I have fire. What are you waiting for? Um, and, uh, and then the stories are that they, they, they put them on a pile of wood and set the wood on fire, but the fire didn't burn them. Yeah. So then they, they used a dagger on him and they ended up cutting off his head, but that he was a powerful witness to Jesus. Now I decided not to go with that story in part because I've told part of his story before, but also because that's an individual sort of heroic. Right, right. right? Versus a community. Versus a community. Yeah. And the Sermon on the Mount really is meant to create a community right. of people. The, the 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 pronouns are plural. Right. Not not you personally, right. but you as a community. Y'all love yeah. your enemies. Y'all yeah. turn the other yeah. cheek. Y'all, y'all are the salt of the earth. Y'all are the light it's of the world. It's a y'all, not right? a you. It is. And so, and, and it's, Le Chambon is so powerful because, right, I mean, it's, Ordinary people just like us mm-hmm. who did this extraordinary thing, except mm-hmm. to them it didn't seem extraordinary. Right. Like it just seems so obvious. What else? Would, I mean, I love the thing. We just lived out our faith. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't don't, we? Doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> right, right. And I really wonder. I mean, I haven't heard like follow up interviews with any of the folks, you know, and, you know, that were family members of the Mother Emanuel victims, but right. I really wonder what they would say yeah. to that, you know. Right. Well, of course we did. So those, yeah, those kind of stories I think are ultimately more powerful than than the Polycarps of the world because he is it's, a he is a he's a he's a hero he's of a the hero. Christian faith. Yes, for and sure. And we need to know that the rest of us can also live in this way and in less famous, less heroic ways. Just every day, you know, mm-hmm. lo- loving people. And um, so, yeah, so I, that's kind of what those were the stories that had come to mind. I I did. I th- actually I did think about. St- Selma, because that was a oh, pivotal, wow. pivotal moment in the civil rights movement um, because of Bloody Sunday when the protesters were beaten and John Lewis's, you know, skull was cracked. Uh, and they were, they were, they were, perf- I mean, they were living out the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. They were nonviolently resisting injustice. Um, and, and that was, that was a pivotal moment. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, I did remember Le Chambon and in all honesty, I felt like that was an easier story to tell in more concise form in Selma. I felt mm. like I would need to do a lot more work to get the mm-hmm. story. And then I wasn't sure, I was worried it was going to sprawl right. all over and it would yeah. be difficult for me to tell in a concise way. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the, um, I saw that there was a whole uh, uh, documentary on Le, Ch- Le Chambon. I guess it came out in 84. Yeah. So I, that's have the Have you one. watched it? I have not. I haven't watched it either. So um, I was just curious. I wanted to look uh-huh. it up. When I searched for it, I found uh-huh. reviews of it, uh-huh. descriptions of it, but I haven't found the documentary. I think it was on Netflix there. for a period was of time. Was it really? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I read when I was looking it up. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I had a had a thought. It left me. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> My That's thought okay. left me. Where Where are we going this next week? So uh, this next week, um, the sermon is going to be called "The Book Jesus Loved." Uh, what did Jesus believe and teach about the Bible? Um, so we're going to jump into the Bible wars that have kind of raged in our culture. Uh, might talk about the Scopes Monkey trial, because no. uh, that seems to be a sort of touch point defining moment in American culture that kind of drew the battle lines between fundamentalists and liberals. And we've kind of viewed the Bible through the lens of our 
contemporary American arguments, and Jesus does not fit into any of our categories very, yeah. very comfortably. Once again, like, you know, he just, if, if you ask a, are you one of us, are you one of them question of yeah. Jesus, he's almost always going to say, mm, I'm on the Lord's neither. side. Right. I'm on the Lord's side. Let's take a look at door number three. I yeah. don't really. Um, but so, I, so it's going to be a, Right. I mean, that is the Matthew 5, 17 through 20 is really, that is the most concise statement uh, in the Bible of what Jesus himself believed about the Bible. Um, and in terms of the Old Testament, we clearly can see that he believed it was a story in search of an ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so uh, that's that's as much as I will say at this point, okay. but then- it's a nice um, teaser. Yeah. I, you know, I, I found my thought that ran away from me. I I wonder, I think that the challenge for all of us is to imagine what would it look like for us to be a community of people that lived like the community Mm -hmm. at Le 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 Chambon. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would that look like for us today? Yeah. What would that look like for us today? I think that's a challenge and I, I, that I would... Um, <clears throat> that I would 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 invite everybody to consider what would that look like for us as a church? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, oh uh, gosh, we have a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we're continuing through the season of Lent, and um, lots of opportunities for us as a community to to walk together with Jesus toward the celebration of Easter. Uh, We mentioned a little bit at the beginning of our um, conversation that uh, we have daily readings um, that we're doing through the book of Matthew, through the Gospel of Matthew. And you can also listen uh, to those readings on um, the podcast. If you're subscribed to the podcast, you'll just get that every morning. Mm -hmm. You'll get a notification that that's, that's there. Um, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, some people feel like they're cheating if they're not <laughs> reading versus, you know, listening, if they're listening versus reading. And, um, you know, it's what, what, what is getting your attention? And sometimes if we've mm-hmm. read for a long time, like hearing mm-hmm. it, it just, it hits yep. different, something else um, really, you know, sticks out to you or whatever. So, um, however, we're just, we're just happy you're yeah. in the Bible, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, so that's an opportunity. And then, um, some, some exciting things coming up Holy Week as well, uh, with our Monday, Thursday service on Thursday evening at seven with our, uh, Holy Week prayer stations, um, self-guided prayer stations that are opening in the afternoon and, um, two evenings that week as well. All of that information you can find at Canon Church dot org online any final thoughts parting words yeah just encourage people if they're not already reading or listening to the gospel of matthew um give it a try give it a try for a week right i mean it's not too late um a great time to jump in at any point um i do think it it is a uh just a really rich experience to hear or read a whole gospel um and to just kind of reemphasize what heather said that you know it, it, it works with your rhythm and even with your learning style to listen to the mm-hmm. gospel instead of reading it. That's great. Remember that for most of Christian history, we didn't have our own individual copies of the Bible. So people got it by listening to it. Yeah. And I think there's something pretty powerful. And I guess that. I'm in the scribe category because I'm, like write it. It. I'm writing it. I am writing, I am writing the gospel That's of right. Matthew this year. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for Lent. Well, yeah, like, subscribe, review, on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the things. 
Uh, Anthony told us we have 2,500 downloads. Like, what? That's that's exciting. Um, share, share the podcast with someone else that you love. And we look forward to uh, continuing the conversation next week. Have, have a blessed week. Have a blessed week.